0: All right, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number one, Proverbs chapter number one, and we'll read one verse of Scripture to get us started, and then we're going to look at uh, several places tonight uh, as we continue in our series, the people of Proverbs, uh, dealing with different types of people, different topics, uh, our relation to Uh, those people, and uh, tonight we're going to look at another aspect, and it helps us in our relationships, and helps us in life, and looking at it from God's perspective, and we see the importance of it, and so uh, we'll jump right into it this evening, uh, verse number 25, because I have a lot to get to, and I want to make sure I have time to get to all of it. Chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 25, but ye have set at naught all my counsel. And with none of my reproof. I want you to notice that word counsel. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about counsel, counselor, uh, dealing with counsel. And we'll have a word of prayer, and then I'll give you some things in an introduction. And then I've got 11 statements or 11 principles I'm going to give you tonight. And I will hurry through most of these because there's a couple I want to spend a good amount of time to uh, properly explain them And because I think it'll be a help to us this evening. And so uh, tonight we're going to deal with counsel. Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to open your word tonight. Thank you for the importance of these principles so that we can establish uh, some truths in our life that are help be helped to us. Uh, Father, may we be reminded tonight that wisdom is available to us, is through your word. Counsel is available to us by your word. And Father, I pray that we would uh, not live as uh, self-sufficient Christians, uh, but live as Christians who uh, are open to what you have for us uh, in our everyday life, moving forward through life, the situations we encounter. Father, we just give you the honor and glory for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we deal with counsel tonight, uh, as a pastor, this is one of the responsibilities or opportunities I have uh, to serve God's people. Certainly, as I teach the Bible study tonight, that's one of my responsibilities. Uh, Sunday morning, I'll stand and preach, Lord willing. That's one of my responsibilities. I have responsibilities of overseeing uh, uh, different things. That's my responsibility. Likewise, as the under-shepherd, counsel or counseling, being a counselor is one of my responsibilities. Uh, As a pastor, uh, by the way, uh, when I teach from the Word of God, that is God counseling us. Uh, giving us wisdom that we don't have. Uh, As a pastor, just so you know, there's many of you who've been here a long time. Uh, Some of you uh, haven't been here as long as others. I never get offended when someone does not come to me for counsel. I don't ever get offended by that. Uh, Pastor, I should have come or I didn't come. I don't ever get offended by that. I'm here to help. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's not times when I'm thinking to myself, I could have saved you and me a lot of trouble if you had come to me for counsel. If you had just asked, Pastor, am I thinking right? Uh, and it's—it's it's like you know, it's like, well, I should have been to the doctor ten years ago. Well, that, yeah. That might would have helped uh, in that situation, but counsel is one of the things that is available to us. As we get through these principles this evening, we're going to see that we hurt ourselves when we don't seek counsel. I'm going to establish very early what counsel is and where counsel comes from. And one of the things that our society and this generation and the devil in his, his slyness uh, has used is not just to attack the position of the pastor, the authority that God establishes as the pastor, but counsel. The proper counsel. Uh, Counsel is a Bible thing. And we're going to establish tonight where God says counsel comes from. And then some practical principles that you and I will be helped from uh, from that. Let me give a, a definition, a couple of definitions of counsel. It's advice, opinion, or instruction given upon request or otherwise. For directing the judgment or conduct of another. Opinion given upon deliberation or consultation. Okay, does that make sense? It's a one-word definition would be advice, Uh, instruction. Uh, Another definition of counsel is to give advice or deliberate opinion to another for the government of his conduct to advise. Uh, Sometimes we receive counsel that's not called counsel. Uh, A teacher in the classroom, when she says, I probably wouldn't do if you do that again, this is going to happen. That is a command, but it's pretty good counsel as well, not to do that again. Uh, It means to exhort, warn, admonish, or instruct. Uh, Counsel, as a child of God, we get our counsel from the Lord. Uh, It's available to us through His Word. We'll look more about that in just a moment. Let me make a few statements by way of introduction. We'll get into the outline tonight. We understand that it's it's, it's to exhort, to warn, admonish, instruct. It's advice, instruction, Uh, just a few practical things before we get to to the, the, the scripture this evening. God gives counsel through His Word. God gives counsel through His Word. You and I, as a child of God, have the opportunity to receive counsel, not just from a source of wisdom, the source of wisdom. There is no wisdom outside of God. Any wisdom that any man has, it has come from God. We receive wisdom from that source. What does He give it? He doesn't give it in a word of knowledge. He doesn't give it in some dream or vision. He gives it through His Word. Right. Right. So every one of us has an opportunity for counsel. I, it, it, it thrills my heart when uh, sometimes someone will say, oh, Pastor, I need to see you about something. I say, okay, we'll set the date, and then they'll, 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 they'll reach out to me and say, I don't need to see you anymore. Uh, you addressed it. Sunday night. You addressed it Wednesday night. I didn't address it. I know what they mean by that. The Word of God gave counsel. The Spirit of God, through the Word of God, gives counsel. I mentioned a moment ago, there's a pastor, one of my responsibilities is, is I give counsel as it's requested and needed. What counsel and wisdom do I give? It's from the Word of God. Uh, It's from the principles of the Word of God. And so God gives counsel through His Word. So if we want God's counsel, we want God's advice, where are we going to get it? From the Bible. If we want His directive, if we want His uh, warning, admonishment, where do we have to get it? We have to get it from the Word of God. Not only does God give counsel through His Word, but let me also say His counsel is not opinion but is indeed fact in the key to life. Right. The key to happiness in life is getting the right counsel. The, the Word of God is better counsel than Google. Right. Right. The Word of God is better counsel than Facebook, right. Instagram, yeah. uh, definitely better than TikTok, yeah. Snapchat. Man, I'm up on all of them, aren't I? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's better than all of that nonsense. Right. Um, I, you know... The word of God is better counsel than the discussion around dinner at Thanksgiving. Usually, is anything's better counsel than that, but uh, it's, it's better counsel. Uh, his counsel, why? Because his counsel is not opinion. Right. We can sit around and say, this is by, sometimes and there's nothing wrong with this. Sometimes we look at something the word of God and say, I'm not quite sure what, what God is saying. My opinion of what he's saying is this. Somebody else might say, well, my opinion is this. And But let me tell you who doesn't have an opinion on it because he's already established as fact is God. Right. Right. It's not just opinion. And we've got to be careful as Christians as people. Well, if we read the Word of God like it is a Google document, like it is something we read on Wikipedia, like it's just another opinion. Right. That's not the case. No. It is fact. Yeah. It is is the key to life, getting the right counsel. Uh, let me also establish, by way of introduction, when we seek counsel from man, we should seek counsel from one who simply takes God's counsel and applies it to our situation. Let me say that again. Because we as Christians, we get counsel from a lot of places. We should not get counsel. I know there are wise men. Okay. But when we seek counsel from man, we should seek counsel from one who simply takes God's counsel. What's his counsel? It's the Bible. It's Bible principles. It is things that we we have learned by applying Bible to our life and apply it to our situation. Now, let me just say this for the sake of laying all this foundation. You going and getting opinion from people who lines up with yours, that's not counsel. That is not counsel. But we've got to remember where, where counsel really comes from. We call it counsel because that's the word that's applied, but real counsel comes from that wisdom comes from God. So when we say counsel tonight, it's not just getting a consultation like we get from a doctor. And by the way, that's God's wisdom too, because God created the body. God established laws, and so all wisdom comes from Him. So when we seek counsel... What we should be looking for is a lot of times, you know, the old say you'll go ask mom for something and she says no. You go ask dad, then ask dad for it and see if he'll say yes. It's a multitude of counselors. The Bible says there's wisdom in that. We're going to address that at the end of the Bible study tonight. That's not what that is talking about. Well, a lot of times we do that because we want other people's opinion to line up with ours. But what we ought to be seeking is God's opinion lining up with ours. Then, let me make the last general statement before we get to the outline. They that will not be counseled cannot be helped. Right. Right. I, I hear this all the time. I've heard this many times. Pastor, would you help me with something? Sure. It's like, well, what's the situation? Okay, this is what you need to do. And you start laying out what the Bible says to do in that situation. You start laying out Bible principles. Start laying out what you need. You need to be in church. You need to do A and B and C. You need to start doing these things. You need to cut these things out. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you can't be helped. Or give me another way of doing that. No, God's way, counsel's way, and those that will not be counseled cannot be helped. You and I, you and I should never get to a place in our life where we don't think we need counsel. As a pastor, a pastor is in a position that God's established to help His people, and one of the things is through counsel. But I'm going to illustrate tonight, throughout the outline, the many times that I, re- as a pastor, i receive received counsel. Because there's safety in counsel. There's the Bible principle in counsel. God made no man with the ability to live unto himself with all knowledge, with all understanding, with all wisdom, without any counsel. And so we get that counsel from the Lord. Now, let me give you the outline. If I get bogged down, I will cut it off um, by at least by 830. And so, uh, we, let's get into this. The same text tonight, verse 25, and we're going to read down through verse 33. Because I are, but, but ye have said it not, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. So basically, you're setting aside counsel and reproof. Because of this, verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. What, who is this? This is God speaking. When, when because you set aside my counsel, you're going to face calamity. And look what God's response is. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me... But I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. But they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Number one, there are consequences to ignoring God's counsel. God gives you and I a free will. If you're saved tonight, it's because you chose salvation. You chose Christ. God didn't force it on you. If you give everything to God, it's because you surrend- willingly gave everything. You surrendered your life to Him, not because God forced you. The same is true with His counsel. It's here if you want it. It's here for your direction. It's here for your understanding. It's here for your wisdom. But when you said it not, say, I don't need God's counsel, or I don't want God's counsel, you are going to get in a mess. And then what he's describing is what man does and what nations do and individuals do. God, I'm ignoring you. You sent your counsel. You told us what to do. I'm ignoring it. I'm in a mess. Get me out of it. I'm not sorry that I ignored your counsel. If I had it to do all over again, I'd still ignore it because I didn't want to abide by it. I don't want to change a thing. I just want you to get me out of my mess. And God says, no way. I'm not doing it. And by the way, lest you slander God, lest we slander God in our mind and say, how cruel. God didn't have to give us counsel one time. And if he gives it to us once, he didn't have to give it to us twice. But truth of the matter is, in his graciousness, he gives it to us over and over again. The connotation isn't that he just gave it one time, but we get his counsel. It's like somebody growing up in church, and they hear it over and over and over and over And over and over. They grew up in a Christian home, and they hear over and over and over and over. And they literally just pick it up and set it at naught and say, I'll do what I want to do. Calamity is coming. God, get me out of it. God, change my circumstances. God will always love you. God will always care for you. And God will always... Let you return. We saw that Sunday morning, our Sunday's go lesson, than the prodigal. But in the context of this, it's like, I don't want to change. I just want you to fix. And God is saying, no, I gave you my counsel. I gave you the instructions. I told you the way to go. I told you the things to avoid. And friend, I'm just going to remind all of us, That there are consequences to ignoring God's counsel. It's been said many times, long before I'm going to say it now. We say, well, I just don't know everything in the Bible. It's not the Bible we don't know that gets us in trouble. It's the Bible we know we don't obey. So when we knowingly go against, it's not going to end up good. There are consequences to ignoring God's counsel. We've already established this is his counsel. You and I cannot ignore this book. Number two, look with me. Okay, I forgot, I put this down, but I didn't put the chapter. Let's try chapter 11, see if I remember this. Try chapter 11, verse 14. Chapter 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. Where no counsel is, the people fall. Very simply, number two, there is failure when there is an absence of counsel. There's failure when there's an absence of counsel. Young people, you're going to, some of you will be in a year, and then some of you would be years following, and some of you be about 12 years, you're going to graduate from high school, and you're going to make your decisions of what you're going to do. You're risking failure if you don't consult God's counsel of what you do with your life. Well, I got a a job opportunity and it's going to take me here, here, and there. You're risking failure. I didn't tell you you would be a failure. I'm just telling you because I'm not God. But I'm telling you you're risking failure. When I got my babies in my house and I got my family, I want to reduce that risk of failure as much as I possibly can. When there's no counsel... We're reminded people fall. If, you know, people not knowing any better. That's why it's important when we win people to Christ, get on the church, get them growing so they can get the counsel of God so that the mistakes that they're going to make without that counsel, they don't make it. Right. Our nation, the reason why our nation is falling is not because of Republicans or Democrats, it's because everybody in those groups who don't follow the counsel of God. Where there's a failure, there's failure where there's absence of counsel. It'd be a great thing in the lives of Christians if we would consult God's counsel, understanding that my chances of failure go way, way down. And if I fall, follow to the letter of the law, no matter what God has said, and I follow His counsel, I can't fail. What do you mean everything's going to go perfect? No, but sometimes, as in Job's situation, he was in the middle of God's will, and it still didn't go well, as far as man's concern. He wasn't a failure. Was Job a failure? Absolutely not. But we fail where there's no counsel. Number three, chapter twelve. This is good. Chapter twelve, verse fifteen. I'm gonna, I'll enjoy this if nobody else does. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Number three, fools ignore counsel when the wise follow counsel. Notice, again, what God says in verse twenty-five or verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto the counsel is wise. So the picture is, is laid out there. Here's counsel. The wise person takes it. The fool has the counsel and says, what, I, what I'm doing sounds better. I'm going to do that. It's better for me. It's better in my eyes. There's a lot of people that think. Sadly, a lot of Christians that think that following their way is better than following God's way. Following society's way is better than following God's way. Or an alternative truth, which there is no such thing, is better than God's way. The fool ignores the counsel when the wise follow counsel. So, Well, it, you know, these churches, especially as independent Baptists, and it's just Bible-believing is what it is. It's like you, do, you just want everybody to do everything that, that a certain one know. It's just a wise person at least considers the counsel. A fool ignores it. A fool but a wise person, what do they do? They follow the counsel. Now, I didn't say that. Kids, your mom didn't say that. God said that. If we follow this book, we follow God's counsel, it doesn't matter what the quote-unquote wise men of this world say, wise people follow this counsel. Number four, chapter 15, see how fast I'm moving? Chapter 15, verse 22, chapter 15, verse 22, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in a multitude of counselors, they are established. Now, I'm going to discuss the multitude of counselors at the end of the Bible study. Focus, let's focus on verse, the beginning of verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Uh, number four, disappointment can be avoided with counsel. Disappointment can be avoided with counsel. The Bible never promises us a disappointment-free life. But there are some disappointments that can be avoided if we just get counsel, it, I think that's a good thing to avoid some disappointments in life. And sometimes Christians get on the other side of their parents or on the other side of their pastor or people that care about them. And like they just don't know. We might just be saying, you might want to consider this because the last few people that went down that road, they were awfully disappointed with what they got. You can do it, and you'll still be saved, and I'll still love you, and you can still have fruit in your life. But there might be some disappointment. Disappointment can be avoided with counsel. Are we getting the idea that counsel is a good thing? It can save us from failure. It can save us from some disappointment. It's a good thing. Chapter 19, verse 20. Please get this one, 19, verse 20. Hear counsel. That doesn't just mean let it go in one ear and out the other. I heard it. What it means is listen and apply. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise when? In the latter end, number five, counsel is followed for the end results. Too many Christians are making their decisions based on today, based on approval today, based on how they feel today, based on I'm tired of battling this. I want to make a decision today. I got to leave this pressure today. But counsel makes you wise in the latter end. It doesn't show up right away. But you know, we read chapter number one, the end, the calamity, we set aside that counsel and there's calamity, you don't have that. We're like, I'm glad I made that decision, I'm glad I listened. Probably all of us could say that at least about some situation in life. Oh, I'm so glad God put that person in my life to give me that counsel at that time where God gave me that instruction at that time because, oh, that would have been a disaster. In the latter end, we can avoid disappointment. In the latter end, we can avoid pleasure, but it doesn't always show up now. By the way, be careful. Let me just send a warning, give a warning in here. Be careful of those that do set it not counsel because the results don't show up right away. Give it a little time. The same is true when you follow counsel, and sometimes it seems like life's passing you by, and these people are doing this, and these people are doing this. Well, I just, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm where God wants me, and, and I sought counsel from those that God put my life and they, 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 they confirm what the Bible says, and, and I'm just sitting and waiting, and it seems like nothing is going on. Counsel shows the wisdom and the ladder in. Follow this book, and you'll be blessed today but the real blessings show up down the road. The real blessings come at the latter end, the end results. There's a lot of people my age that went through the same experiences I did when I was young, even those I went to Bible college with, got out of Bible college, early years of your adult life, establishing and went against God's counsel. And I looked dumb then. You don't have to comment on that. I'm looking pretty smart now. But it's not my wisdom. I just follow God's counsel. And wisdom comes at the latter end. Here's the thing we gotta keep in mind as we teach on these things from week to week. Here's the fool, here's the here's the wise person. You don't know whether you're a fool or a wise person in many cases until about thirty years. Then it's revealed. Because that was a foolish decision. Now you're seeing the fruit of it. And that don't always take thirty years. That was a wise decision. Can you make a wiser decision than following what God says? I don't think you can. So counsel is followed follow, follow for the end results. We don't, And I've worded it that way because we don't follow counsel because it's fun. We don't follow counsel because it's easy. We don't follow counsel because we like it. We don't even follow counsel because we agree with it. God never says we have to agree with his counsel. He just says you'd be better off if you follow it. And it's so true. Why? Because it shows in the end result. Number six, chapter 19, verse 21. Chapter 19, verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Counsel of the Lord, number six, counsel of the Lord should be trusted above feelings, thoughts, and opinions. Counsel of the Lord should be trusted above feelings, thoughts, and opinions. Let me read that again, verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. There are many opinions in your heart and mine. There are many thoughts in our mind, voices in our ear, feelings that we have. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. What God is saying, all the voices, all the thoughts, all the feelings, sometimes even all the experience we got, if it contradicts God's counsel, His is going to be right. His stands the test of time. I'd encourage you, and I need to, I would keep referencing this, and I need to get it in print. Um, the Bible study I did where you know, we you know, seemeth right unto a man. Well, this seems right, but if it's not what God has counseled, it's not right. Well, I, I, this is the way, I've had, to, I, I've had to do this many times. Well, this is, this is what I thought, this is how I feel, but yet this is what God says. So I guess I better go with what God says, because that's what's right. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who have good intentions that will tell us things, and they have good intentions. They're not trying to derail us, but if it contradicts with Bible principles, no matter what their intentions are, we better follow God's counsel, because that's what stands. Uh, So, counsel of the Lord should be trusted above feelings, thoughts, and opinions. Trust this book. Trust His principles. It's what's going to stand. Well, I just, I just feel this way. I know what you mean. We all have feelings, but you can't trust your feelings. Because how you feel today, you can feel differently tomorrow. How you feel in the future, you can feel different today. And this thought just came came to my mind. There's a couple of couples in here that back in the day before they were married, like I'm not dating them. And now they're sitting on the front row with their child. (laughs) The point is, your feelings change. But in every situation, go with the counsel of the Lord. Number seven, chapter 20, verse five. This is one I'll spend a couple of minutes on, and I'll just give you eight, nine, ten, and we'll finish up with 11. Chapter 20, verse five. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water but a man of understanding will draw it out. Simply put, number seven, sometimes counsel has to be drawn out. I mentioned earlier that one of my responsibilities, if you will, one of the things that, that, that I do to help God's people is, is, is try and give some counsel. There's the people who come to my office or me for counsel generally fall into three categories the first one is pastor i need advice or counsel i think i know what to do but i want to make sure i came to the right conclusion the second category is they come in and say pastor i need some advice and some counsel i have no idea what to do then there's a the third group and we'll not really spend much time on them tonight They're like, I'm not here for counsel. I'm just here to tell you what I'm doing. So they're not here for for counsel. But that's generally the three areas. Sometimes counsel has to be drawn out. And I mention that because I'm going to make two points on, on, on this principle. Because the Bible reminds us in chapter 20, verse 5, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. You don't just walk by and scoop it off the surface. You've got to draw it out. There's two applications of this that I'll point out tonight. Number one, the first application under this principle is sometimes it's in you. And you need somebody to draw it out of you. I mentioned that First category, I need advice, counsel. I think I know what to do, but I want to make sure I came to the right conclusion. More times than not, when somebody comes to me for counsel, all I do is talk them into making that decision that they, that's the one they should make. I ask the question, okay, well, what do you think about that? What is the I mean where, what have you prayed or what the Bible say? What what this, are there any Bible principles that you think, you know, talk through it and say, I don't, I don't see where it conflicts the word of God. That's a decision that ultimately you're gonna have to make, but as far as it being what the Bible allows or or puts its approval on, I think you're there. That's the way I felt. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get somebody else's take on it. That's drawing, part of my, part of what I'm doing is drawing it out of them. And we know this is true in our church. If you sit in this church, you're gonna get Bible, you're gonna get God's counsel. It's in you. The other aspect of that, it is in the counselor. And you can draw it out of the counselor. It's amazing to me, and I, sometimes I shake my, my head, and, and, I, and I know the reason why, in, some, in most cases, it's this way. It's like you honor my counsel. When you were looking for a husband or wife, you wanted my counsel when you had your first child. You wanted my counsel in prayer. When all these different things, and then all of a sudden you don't... I mean, I just turned into an idiot overnight. There's, count, there's wisdom that you have to draw out. There's a lot of wisdom in the people who sit in, these, in this auditorium tonight. And this is a good principle with an older generation that, that we don't take advantage of. Those of you that are of a younger generation, those that have lived a half a century longer than you, they might have something you want to talk to them about. You know, it's like, you know, you know back in World War I, you know, what, what, did, what was it like? Or the Civil War, what side were you on? You can learn some things. You got to draw it out of them um i think that's i think we've we've covered that sometimes counsel has counsel has to be drawn out and sometimes you have to labor over a decision for confirmation from god and what the spirit of god is doing he's working it up in you and you go to the bible and read you pray you fast you say give me something in the service that's going to give me this answer you come to the pastor and say, help me make this decision. I say, I can't make that decision for you, but let me tell you, give you some Bible principles. Let me tell you what I would do if I was in your situation. And you, and you go, eventually you come to it because it's, it's in you. It's just got to be, God's got to stir it up. He's got to draw it out in you. Uh, number eight, chapter 10, verse 18. I think that's right. I don't think that's right. Nope. I'm just going to go through all the chapters and look at verse 18 very quickly. Nope. Nope. Okay, it's in my phone. Hold on. Technology. Just skip it, Pastor. Chapter 20, verse 18. How did I miss that? There it is. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. Very simply, counsel brings direction and confidence. Sometimes, like I've already described, sometimes you know the answer. But you say, I'm going to spend some time just reading the Bible. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. Pastor, what do you think about this? You knew the answer. You knew the direction. You knew what you were supposed to do. But the fact that you got that reinforcement, if you will, that counsel, it gave you that clear direction and confidence. There are times when I'll... You know, it's like, I, I need counsel on this, and I'll go to an older man who pastored or did some things in that, in that area, or, or I'll spend a lot of time in prayer, and, and even leading the church, and, and some things I don't talk to anybody else about but the Lord. And, but I get the counsel from Him, and I, I come in, and I have confidence. Why? Because that's what counsel does. It gives you confidence in a, a direction. Number 9, chapter 24, verse 6. Chapter 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. We'll talk about the multitude of counselors in a moment. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. Counsel, number nine, prevents hasty and emotional decisions. If you're going to go to war, you might want to count the cost. Counsel will keep you from making a hasty and emotional decision. Sometimes I'll get calls, or sometimes, Pastor, I got—I have to see you, and there's something that happened at work with family. What a situation is like. I'm just so—I just want. No, you don't want to do that. Don't call and speak your mind. Don't do that. Well, I already knew I should, okay, but sometimes that counsel, but there are times when you should go to war. And if you do, you better have had the counsel and not make an emotional decision. There's been a lot of sincere people make hasty and emotional decisions. If they got counsel, they they would at least take the pause. I tell young couples when they're going to make some decisions, and, well, I think we should do this or go over here or do this. I, I say this. I gave this counsel to my own daughter and son-in-law who's sitting back there. I said, you need to make sure that you get the counsel that you need. You need to make sure that you are doing what you, what you feel God wants you to do because one day down the line that lady that's married to you or you're going to wake up in some other place, and no matter where you are, life's going to get hard and you're going to have tests, and you're going to have trials, and you're going to ask the question, why in the world am I here, wherever here is, why are we doing this? Because that's the way life is. You're going to need to be able to point back in your life and say, I got counsel, and I base my decision on this Bible principle. Because no matter where you end up or what you do, life's hard. Life's difficult. The enemy's going to fight you because that's what the enemy does. It prevents hasty and emotional decisions. I've mentioned this before. There's a lot of people in jail who've made emotional decisions. And sometimes counsel will stop you from doing that. Number 10, chapter 27, verse 9. Chapter 27, verse 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Number 10, good counsel comes from friends. A lot of people hurt themselves as Christians because they surround themselves with people who just tell them what they want to hear. I make this commitment to you. If you come and ask for counsel... I won't tell you what I think you want to hear. I will tell you what I believe is the proper counsel. And sometimes I'll shake my hand and say, why are you upset at me? You asked me. I didn't come to your house and say, I need to tell you this. You came and asked me. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. That's what a friend does. Well, he... And you know, just, just they were offended by. It. If, you, if you walk around and you've got something stuck in your teeth, I don't want to offend them by telling them that there's something stuck in their teeth. Now, a friend pulls you aside and like, hey. Just to let you know. Yep. Because that's what a friend does. Good counsel comes from a friend. Surround yourself with, number one, surround yourself with people who can give good counsel. That's Bible counsel. If somebody's wisdom comes from the world, it's not wisdom at all. We have to differentiate that. You know, it's, it's, you know in, in politics, you know, there's, there's certain individuals that are larger than other individuals when it comes to politics. Let me say it this way. There's some politicians that trump other politicians. See, how refreshing. Somebody just to speak the truth. That's what we need in this country, unless it's my pastor. He shouldn't just tell me what the truth is. That's kind of the mentality of our nation. But a good friend gives you counsel. It ought to to warm our heart. It warms my heart that I have preacher friends I can go to and say, Hey, and I know they'll speak honestly to me. I know they will say the truth to me. They are my friend. Then number 11. Let's go back. This, this is found in chapter 11, verse 14, chapter 15, verse 22, in chapter 24, verse six, the phrase, and in, mul- "In a multitude or a multitude of counselors, there is safety." You see it in one of those passages? We've read it a couple times. I already made reference to it, and I'll say number 11, we must surround ourselves with good counselors. I made reference a few minutes ago, made a little humor out of it. It's the multiple counselors. Is not going to mom, and she says no, so then I go to dad, and he says yes. I've heard it taught, and I don't necessarily agree, disagree with this, I don't disagree with it. Well, if you have a counselor who's a, who, who does this, that's what they do. They have wisdom in this, and you ask, you go to this person for this, and this person for this, and this person. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I believe a, a simpler way of looking at it is that we must surround ourselves with good counselors. And if you look at the context of each of these, uh, for example, 11, chapter 11, verse 14, it gives different situations Where there's a multitude of counselors. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Okay, so when there's no counsel, people fall. But if I have a multitude of counselors, and depending on what you need counsel for, it's good, I just described having friends who, who, who will give good counsel. Encourage you to do the right thing. Chapter 15, verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in a multitude of counselors, they are established. Disappointment can be avoided if we have counselors around us. Then, as I I mentioned chapter 24 in verse number 6, For by wise counsel thou shalt make that war. If you're going to go to war, you don't want to make that emotional decision. Having a multitude of counselors around you is a wise idea. We must surround ourselves with good counselors. Now, that, that application that I've heard taught many times, that depending on the situation, you know, and I don't think it means if, if, if I know what pastor's going to say, I know what my mom and dad are going to say, I know what my Facebook poll's going to say, I know what this disgruntled Christian's going to say, I know what a lost person is going to say. Now, let me pick one that fit, fit my situation. I don't think that's what, what the application is. But in different areas of life, I've given this counsel. Pastor, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, well, who do you know that this is what they do? This is their area. Or I say, you know what? So-and-so has been doing that for 30 years. Why don't you go ask him? Why don't you get his opinion on it, his take, in your situation? I know they can know more about this than I, won't you? That's a multitude of counselors. That's one application. But then there are, I believe it's this application, as a leader, leaders take counsel from followers. The application of if you're going to go to war, you better have a multitude of counselors. That country over there, I'm, I'm ready Where's the one guy that hates them as much as, in my cabinet, that hates them as much as I do? You think we should go to war? Bomb them. Well, we're going to war. I've counseled. How silly that is, but we do that. I'll illustrate it as the pastor. As the pastor, I believe the Bible teaches that the pastor is the overseer of the church. I believe the pastor, God, holds accountable for that church. He's he's the overseer. He's he's responsible for the things that are taught, and that's why if you work in ministry and you have an air responsibility, you stand in the pastor's stead. Take that seriously because I'm held accountable for the result of that. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. But as a leader, if there's something that I I still take counsel, I do this with the deacons from time to time. I'll say, this is what I'm thinking or... What is y'all's feel from just the people that you talk to, the people that you're around? I want to hear, sometimes we'll call it feedback. That's counsel. It's using the wisdom around you. I do this with my staff man. I did it right before church. I went to Brother Roach and I said, it was about a school situ- uh, situation. I said, this is something I've noticed. Now, I have the authority to come in and say, just do this. And there's things that I have done that, but yeah, I'll take care of it. I said, what do you, this is what I see, what do you see? And he gave me his opinion about what he saw. In this situation, it was the same thing I was seeing. Okay, then go, let's go ahead and make that decision. I do that often with the men who that are in that position. I believe that as, a, as your pastor, I have a multitude of counselors. At home, well, well, who, who, has the who ultimately is going to make the decision? The pastor is. But if I get counsel, I depend on the counsel from the people who are around me. And it doesn't mean I say, Let me Montgomery, around I need an appointment. Can I, can I come in and, and talk to you? And, and I sit across the desk and say, this is what. I, and sometimes it's like, okay, let's, let's, you're, let's go get a cup of coffee. Or I call them on the phone and say, this is what I'm thinking. Not, that's not what I mean but it's I need to know what you think. I do it in the college. This is what I'm thinking. Brother French, what what do you think? Oh, I I didn't think about that. So then there's times where I change my mind and say, well, I didn't have that piece of information. So therefore, I'm going to make a decision. Now, if I'm going to go to war, I want to have my counselors on the same page with me. Make sense? It's, it's, I, I cannot make that a form decision that I need to make without counselors. That's why, that's why I, I want to hear feedback. I want to hear those opinions. Now, ultimately, I'm going to make that decision. That's the way to do it. If, if, that, if you're a counselor or you have that, that leader and you give them that counsel, you have the perspective of he asked the counsel, I'm going to give it to him now he has the information as he makes a decision as he sees fit. Because it's one of your, those counselors those in the multitude, not every counselor has the same information as everybody else in that multitude of counselors. Is this making sense? And so to make an informed decision, I've got to have the counselors give me their counsel, if you will. The same is true. Every man, according to the Bible, you're the head of your house. You have to make, you're supposed to make those decisions. You should be the spiritual leader. That does not mean your wife's opinion does not matter. In fact, if, you, if you're going to make an informed decision, you have to get that counsel. Now, that doesn't mean that just because I get my wife's opinion that I'm going to do everything that she tells me, that she, her opinion on the situation. But there have been times when I have gotten that counsel, I've changed my mind, or I tabled a decision. Because now I can make it an informed decision. I'm still going to make the decision. But now I have checked all of my boxes for having a multitude of counselors. I hope this makes sense. That leader takes counsel from followers. They approach the leader. They give suggestions. They leave it with the leader. Then the leader has that information. Now, he's responsible to make the decision. Just like when you come to the pastor and you say, would you give me some counsel? I give you that counsel. Guess who's responsible for that counsel? You are. If I don't agree with it, then you have to decide if it lines up with this book or not. And if it lines up with this book, you're deciding, do I set that at not? And then go about my business. And sometimes it's not as God said, thou shalt not. It's this, here's some wisdom through years of experience from these Bible principles. You can avoid some failure. You can avoid some disappointment if you'll follow this counsel. The same can be true about a leader. You may have a boss this way, where it's just like I don't give a care. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. Well, well, we've had four people die on the job side of this. Let's God, this is the way we've always done it. That's not very wise in not following that counsel. What to do very quickly? The leaders, if you're surrounded by a multitude of counsel, the leaders in your life should all be in agreement well, I know what Pastor said, but this person, I respect them, and, and they're this and this, and they're not in agreement, so now all of a sudden we're going to follow this person. Every counselor, and there are times I do this. Somebody comes to me, and I'll say, for go talk to Brother Montgomery, and I think whatever he tells you in that, I think that's what, I, that's what you should do. Or go see Brother so-and-so in, In this situation, it's what he does. Whatever he tells you to do, I think that's what you should do. Okay? That's a different counselor. But if we're all surrounded by our friends who give good counsel, and where does counsel come from? It comes from the Bible. Some of you get pulled into this, and you get entrapped in this, and it becomes a battle of personality, and you end up listening to a voice of rebellion because like I, it's not, I just don't agree. Why don't you agree? Show me where I'm wrong on that, and we can. Okay, the disagreement's on my part. What's just a difference of opinion? Difference of opinion. I don't care. But counsel should be the same. If we're getting it from the same place, that doesn't mean I have greater wisdom than somebody else because our wisdom comes from where it comes from god i hear them say well they it just you know just this disagreement fine you can disagree my feelings will not be heard from it but i i've got great confidence in my study i'm not perfect i'm not infallible never claimed to be that But some things, it's like I know that my feet are firmly planted on a Bible principle. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to follow my counsel. But when you go and say this person's counsel is, why aren't they all agreeing? Somebody's not, somebody's not on the same page. Well, I, I've, I've, I've prayed about it. Yeah, me too. Forgive me if I'm more confident in my prayer life than somebody who hasn't darkened the door of a church faithfully, forgive me. We need to surround our people. Because I, when there's, there's a multitude, well, this I ask myself, okay, why, why is it off? Am I off? You know, I'm trying to help us tonight, and I know we're out of time. But a lot of times it's like, well, as you hear it in this society today, you hear it in this rebellious society today, well, it's just that that they've always, no, it's like, I want to be right according to this, not right according to, if I want to just be popular right, I wouldn't take the stands that I take. Am I become, as Paul said, Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If our counselors... And I say this because there's times when I've gotten counsel. There are men I get counsel from now, people who are further down the road than me. And if it's counsel, good, good, then all of a sudden it's like, where in the world is that coming from? I don't look at it as the four who are in agreement. What's wrong with you? It's the one, why are you not in agreement now? Why are you out in left field? These are the same place they've always been. Does this make sense? That multitude of counselors. Counsel is important. You get counsel. Sometimes some will come and say, I know, I've been at it a long time. I'm sorry. They'll come to me and say, well, I just, I forgot what I was going to say. Let's stand. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Amos pinched her leg over there. He said, <laughs> he said I've, I've, it's been long enough. So, but counsel is important to get. This is what I was going to say. Sunday school, you get counsel. Sunday morning you get counsel. Yes, Sunday night you get counsel. Right. Say, "Well, I as a pastor, always know what I don't know what you need. but God tells me what to preach. Right. He shows me what to preach. Amen. That's what you need. God knows, I don't always know, but God does. And so every time we can hear the Word of God, we get counsel. Let's look forward to Thursday night, Saturday night, visitation, uh, Sunday, good services on Sunday. Let's look forward to a great day.